Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Friday, November the 10th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we are joined today by former NHL defenseman with the Detroit Red Wings uh, for, oh, I think, going on a decade at least in the uh, NHL. Danny DeKaiser, our guest today on the Ice Guys. Danny, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, big fan of the show. It's been good. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, you've been watching and uh, tuning in, apparently. So that's great to hear. Great to see. Um, we're gonna. We got a lot to get to. We're gonna talk a lot of NHL. We'll break down the Friday card like normal. And by the way, this is a Beantown Friday. I failed to mention that Beantown Friday edition of the show presented by Boston Hemp Inc., our Friday sponsor. But Danny, give us the cliff notes. Getting into hockey uh, at the uh, obviously college level, and then getting to the uh, Detroit Red Wings. But how did you get into hockey and your love for the game? Where did it begin? Um, yeah, I mean, my dad just got me going at an early age. Um, you know, I think I was four when he, when he first got me on skates and, and, and whatnot. So, um, he just, you know, basically instilled the the game in me. And then I just kind of, you know, found a love for it as the years went on and, uh, just, just wanted to keep playing for, for as long as I can, just like kind of any kid does. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to, to have a longer, longer career than most and, uh, was able to play you know, all those years in my home state here. So it was fun to, uh, to do that. And, you know, I grew up 30 minutes from, from downtown Detroit. So my, uh, my parents and my family were, were at pretty much every game, every home game. So it was a lot of fun and, uh, you know, a lot of good years, a lot of good memories, man. Yeah, no question. A lot of good years and a lot of good memories um, a lot of all of it spent in uh, Detroit. Of course, that must have been cool. How, how awesome was it? Just the feeling of playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Could, can't imagine how ecstatic and just how amazing you probably felt. I played for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It was, um, you know, especially at first. I mean, uh, I was, you know, free agent coming out of Western Michigan there and uh, had a few different options. But at the time, you know, Detroit was in a little bit of a transition phase. You know, they had won that cup in 08, but, you know, like, by that 12, 13 season, they had some, some changes going on there. Um, Lidstrom had just retired the year before. I think Rafalski was two years before that they just traded Brad Stewart. So their back end was in a, um, you know, a total changeup. So, um, you know, I kind of took that as an opportunity to, uh, get my foot in the door and try to get some playing time. And, and at the time, that's basically all I was looking for was an opportunity to, uh, just tr- try to solidify, solidify myself for, for as long as I could. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, obviously Detroit. Now, we've thrown a lot of stones at Mike Babcock, okay? And obviously that's amazing, the first head coach. And you're just trying to, you know, get your feet wet. And, you know, NHL's brand new experience to you. And Mike Babcock's your first head coach at that level. Uh, good, bad, and indifferent, uh, your experiences with him. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I never never had an issue with him. You know, I had him there for my first, I think, two or three years. Um but, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a coach, he was always prepared and, you know, he made sure his, his team was ready to go. And, um, you know, the X's and O's side of stuff, he was, he was dialed in and, you know, he just made sure his team was always ready. Yeah, and uh, exactly. The one thing about him is he knows, he knows hockey. You know, say what you want about the personal shit that went beyond, beyond the uh, scenes, behind the scenes with certain players and some of the tactics he would use. He does know hockey and he was successful. 
He won a Stanley Cup, you know, and every year, you know, winning teams for the most part. Even when he got to Toronto, they didn't have the playoff success. But what coach has had the playoff success there? You know, at the very least, he had them great regular seasons, you know, a great winning record. You know, what he did internationally, of course, for Team Canada. So, you know, the accomplishments are there. The coaching ability is there, X's and O's wise. But, yeah, some of the personal experiences were uh, a little bit problematic. Uh, Players that you enjoyed playing with the most with the Red Wings, who would you put in that category? Um, definitely Nicholas Cronwall. He was up there. Yeah. Jonathan Erickson, who's, who's the best guy. open ice punishing hitters you'll ever see from the blue yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. 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 Him, him. And, uh, when I first came in, him and Erickson, Kyle Quincy were, um, you know, kind of fixtures on the back end there. So, you know, I got to know those guys very well and, you know, spent a lot of time with all of them. They're all, all really good guys. And then, you know, stepping into a locker room with Zetterberg and, and Datsuk and, yeah you know, Franzen at the time, like, you know, those were, those were all legends who, you know, were cup winners who I grew up watching, you know, all my, my youth years. And then I got to kind of step into a locker room and and go on the ice and play with those guys. So it was at first a bit of a shock, but you know, you just, you know, you got to be confident out there and, and uh, you know, just know that you can play, Uh, try not to get caught up in a lot of that, that other stuff. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you've of course just recently uh, retired Uh, things you've been, uh, What's, how have you been keeping busy now, uh, transitioning to life after hockey? Obviously, we talked about it a little bit before we started the show, but let everyone know what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So I got I, I started a um, like a on ice training institute for kids. So it's called the Kaiser Training Institute. Um, you know, I just I work with uh, kids in small groups, or we do bigger camps. Um, I'll come out to some team team practices as well. I got a lot of buddies in the area who are running teams nowadays. So. I'll hop out, um, you know, for an hour or so, work with their D on some of their skates and, and whatnot. So that's been fun. And then I'm also doing uh, some real estate as well. So I just got into that this past summer and that's been fun for me. Um, that's I've, I've really enjoyed that. So I've, I've always kind of had an interest in the real estate side of stuff. And when I was playing, I didn't really have a, a ton of time to, to get into a uh, deep dive into it too much. But, you know, once I stopped playing, I was able to actually got my license and doing a little, um, you know, buying and selling and whatnot uh for for some residential and commercial properties around the area so it's been it's 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 been fun it's been competitive and i like that interest rates being high is kind of a killer right now but you know it's all been fun yeah great friend of the show for us is eddie lack he was on our betcast last night uh, and he's into real estate now and actually he was yeah. going to show a home to somebody in arizona Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Had, had a link in the basement too. He was telling us yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can he sell that house to me for uh, ten dollars? <laughs> deal in. <laughs> I'm a buyer, Eddie. Come on, bring it this way. <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, unfortunately, I know it's not worth that. Not quite. Um, look, we got a lot of Blackhawks fans in the chat. We do have a Red Wing fan, Major Tom. Got Cronwald. Yeah, yeah that's what they always yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> had a, a big hit. There's no doubt. Melissa Cunningham, uh, who is from Chicago, is <laughs> actually a Penguins fan. I still hate Cronwall from that Winter Classic <laughs> hit. And another funny comment from Melissa. You, all these wing players I used to hate. Uh, so, <laughs> we're hoping we can mend some fences here on the show today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. hey, it's the way it goes. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and maybe talk about that too, because like you said, you came in right as you know Detroit was flipping from the west to the east. So you said those those rivalries with Chicago, with St. Louis, with Colorado weren't really there. So how was it though? Like you said, you grew up in Detroit. You grew up a you know, Wings fan, but to play against those teams, even though it wasn't the intensity of what you saw growing up in the '90s and, and even the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was awesome. Like especially Chicago when I first came in. Uh, we were still in the West there for just a little bit when I first uh, 
signed with the wings and um we uh i broke my thumb in the playoffs that, that first year against anaheim and then the uh, the team we went on to beat anaheim in seven and then played chicago the next round and uh lost to them in, in game seven overtime that seabrook goal but you know i, w- I was, unfortunately wasn't a part of that series but you know i was around the rink for all those games and all that and it was just the, the vibe and the energy you know both at the united center and then that was back in the joe um, right. And Detroit. I mean, those games were electric. It was that was some some fun hockey to just surround yourself with, and uh, you know, good atmosphere and, and and good games for sure. Yeah, those the Detroit Chicago in the '90s, in particular, when they were in the old Central Division. I mean, some of the yeah. battles, some of the wars, some of the brawls, some of the scrums after the whistle. I mean, it was just some of the most intense shit you'll ever see, uh, as and, far and as that was the, a, NHL's concerned. Oh, yeah, I was saying that was a rivalry where it, it didn't obviously. Throughout the '90s and 2000s, the majority of the time, you know, Detroit was the best team in the league. Chicago, it, it was varying, and but it was always a, a competitive battle and a good watch, no matter how bad the Hawks might have been or, or what Detroit was going at the time. And, and it made for interesting you know, TV because of the fact that well, Detroit could easily just go out there and you know, you know, sleepwalk against a, a bad Hawks team you know, in 2002 or 2003. But instead, you know, the crowd would be amped up, and you know, especially in those old days, the United Center would be maybe more Red Wing fans than, than Hawks fans. So they always, you know, came amped up to play and, and the Hawks matched that intensity. So it was, you know, just a lot of fun to watch just from a hockey rivalry standpoint. Take take any fan base aside. Yeah, yeah. That that was the other cool thing about about playing for the Wings too is you know it kind of probably like for the Leafs too as they see it. But you know, wherever you go, there's there's a ton of your hometown yeah. fans there. You know, you go whatever, down to Florida, Arizona, down in Texas, you know, out west anywhere you're, you're you know you're showing up on those long road trips and there's is just filled with uh wings fans all over the place so it's a lot of fun yeah no doubt now what we do danny on this show with the guest that's on for the first time a player guest we have them on for the first time we do the highlight reel we go into the vault and we find some stuff uh that we are gonna be able to show everyone and uh i know this is some of the uh, f- the, the best segments that our uh, guests enjoy uh we've actually found or i have i should say found your first nhl goal danny do you remember your first nhl goal it was 2013. Hard, hard to forget those ones, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Winnipeg. That was in Winnipeg. Shorthanded. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I believe it was uh, Stephen Weiss off the draw over to Cronwell over me for a one-timer posting. And yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. And it's, you're right. When it's your first NHL goal, it's like, how can you not inv- remember and recollect, you know, each and every, you know, moment of that goal uh, occurring? So we've got that. We've got a, a couple others as well that we are, you know, are, uh, you know, our computer here will cooperate. Uh, we'll find them. We've got a couple clips. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so this is Danny DeKaiser years ago, uh, and it is his first NHL goal. And this is uh, called by Ken Daniels. And Ken Daniel, by the way, Danny, Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond are constantly in my – I do broadcaster rankings, every local team's broadcasters. Okay. They're nice. constantly in my top five every single year, Ken and well, Mick. Good. They're good. Uh, They're really good. Yeah, they are very good. So here's Ken Daniels with Danny DeKaiser's first NHL goal. We go all the way back to November 4th, 2013. So almost 10 years ago to this date, November the 4th, 2013. Here we go. Shots, getting pucks down, being strong in front of their own net. Winning draws. Stephen Weiss has been a lot better at that. Weiss wins another one. Back to DeKaiser, scores! Danny DeKaiser gets his goal! (laughs) What a ripper that was, too. I mean, yeah. just a that was a bomb. I got a hold of that one. 
Yeah, I got is that a pretty that. obvious decision? Like I'm shooting that thing right away. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah, that's like that's what we'd always do. Um, especially yeah. shorthanded if you win the draw, just try to tee up a one timer. We had two lefties out there, so you know, I think that we we didn't have many right handed D that year, so we were always somebody was always on their one timer side. All right, we got uh, one. Where- a rare Go start ahead. from Al Montoya in that clip uh, for one of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right, Al Montoya. Holy shit! Yeah, blast from the past. Forgot about him. Yeah, he had a few. Uh, he had a little bit of time in the NHL. Not a not a not a ton of starts, but he was yeah. one of those goalies that's bounced like a McElhaney. Like a there's a bunch of goalies. Like even yeah. even though he's a, still a very good yeah. starter, Cam Talbot. He's been with a bunch of teams. There's just always those goalies that are with a bunch of teams. Montoya was like that. McElhaney was like great, that. great puck doku answers for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. All right, here's this other goal. This is my this probably I would say Danny has to be the weirdest goal of your career, the craziest goal uh, of your career, and it's definitely one of the weirdest goals that I have ever seen. Uh, and uh, we will play it back. This was a game that you played against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It was Ben Bishop in that uh, that yeah. night. Here we go. This is this one of the oddest goals you'll see from 2016. Opening night. Opening night. Yeah. Here we go. So there's a time to just get it out. And there's a time to go for the net. Sellout crowd, 19,092, 67th consecutive sellout. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Good kick off the glass, off the stanchion there. They don't ask how. They ask how many, though, Dan. That's yeah. exactly that's what you got to remember whenever you whenever anyone scores a goal like that. Who cares? It's right, a right. goal on the resume. It's a goal added to the old stat sheet. Yeah, that was uh, that one was pretty wild. I was just trying to yeah D to D and bomb that one hard rim around, and obviously it just kicked right off that stanchion. Yeah, right through the wow. That's, that's pretty wow. that's pretty wild. I mean, and the thing that it kicked off the inside of the left pad of Ben Bishop is what allowed it to get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. That's like a video game glitch. That's amazing. (laughs) Like you try that a thousand times, I can do that. I'm sure poor Ben Bishop. Look, that's not a bad. That's not a good feeling for any goalie, obviously. Uh, Vesa Toscala. I'll never forget that bouncing, bouncing puck, like it was bouncing on a on a road, you know, on a highway stretch of highway, and it just bounced over his pad and in. It was when he was with the Leafs against the Islanders, you know, many many years ago. That was uh, just one of those bad break goals, and that was another one there for Ben Bishop. But hey, you'll take it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you take those anytime you can get them. That's for sure. Because you know that goal almost many stay out that should go in, right? And then there's yeah. there's always you know when those ones go in, it's like all right, you take that when you get it. <laughs> I was say kind of tie it back in with the Detroit thing. Almost reminds me of one of the craziest goals I saw growing up was when Dan Cloutier was in Vancouver gave up that oh, yeah, bouncing puck in the playoffs with uh, yeah. Lipscomb. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. happens. Yeah. It, yeah. Does. it does. You, you geom- as Doc Emmerich would say, you would you geometrically got the puck in the net there. Uh, that <laughs> that would have been the word he would have used for that because he always did that when those angle shots or angle passes, and that's exactly what that was. Uh, no question. Uh, all right, uh, Danny. Uh, uh, Rich has a good question. Alex says, uh, "Let me just see if I can find it here. Uh, let me just see here. Where was it? Was it way up on the uh, chat?" No, just down in the chat. No, he's just asking. Uh, so you wore number sixty-five. What was? Was there any significance for that number, oh, or just that was just what they assigned you, and they just held on to it? Yeah. Well, um, so when I first left uh, Western Michigan and, and signed in Detroit, um, I always wore number five, like most of my career, uh, wow. majority of my career, if it was available. Uh, Nick Lidstrom was always my favorite defenseman growing up. So when I got to uh, Detroit, obviously 
you know, five wasn't retired, but that one was <laughs> number five, you know what I mean? So I think there was, yeah. uh, was, it was like 15, 45 or 65, you know, numbers that they had available that had a five in it. So um, yeah. I just, I scooped up 65 and just, just ran with it. Cool. All right. You know, it's always, and the answers are very all over the place when it comes to players. Why do you wear that number? Some it's a, a personal significance. Maybe it's attached to something within their family. Maybe it's, you know, they wanted to rep- represent a player that they grew up idolizing. And then there's some people that say, ah, it's just a random number. I like that number. I picked it. Yeah. Right. So, right, right. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, that's kind of how that was. It had a five in it. So I was, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I was just happy to be in the building at that point. I didn't really care what right. number. <laughs> yeah, no question uh, about that. So we'll turn our attention out to you, what the uh, purpose of the show is and what we're here for each and every day, and that's NHL breaking down the games. Danny, just some overall thoughts before we get into specific games here for the Friday slate. we got six games. We'll break them all down in a moment. Uh, but just some things and observations from you here from what we've seen in the first month of the season, players and or teams that have impressed you and or disappointed you so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a good start to the year. Um, you know, I still, I still do quite a bit of work, uh, like media work for the wings. So I'm at quite a few of the home games still. Um, you know, so I follow them obviously really close. They had the the hot start to the year and then they've, you know, Debrinket, that Larkin, Debrinket and uh, Raymond line, they were on fire for the first like six games or something. And then, you know, they, they've cooled off a bit, you know, you knew that couldn't last the whole year. So it was going to be a matter of if they were going to get some secondary scoring. So, um, you know, lately they, they haven't gotten a ton of it. So hopefully stuff changes there, but I mean, you know, how about the Boston Bruins, you know, like, um, you know, losing Bergeron, he retires, like it kind of, kind of the same story as last year when everybody thought they were going to take a step back and they, you know, just ran through the league pretty much. And then, um, this year, you know, now I think they started nine Oh and one in the first 10. So pretty impressive. They just keep rolling. Um, you know, uh, I guess, other than that, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of good hockey so far. Yeah, it, no doubt it has. And you're right, you're uh, the team you obviously played for, and you're still following them closely, obviously, Red Wings. And uh, they got off to this red-hot start. They disappointed me greatly last night because uh, I split up regulation and minus one with them last night against uh, Montreal, and they end up losing in uh, overtime. Hell of a shot by Caulfield, though, it was, it was. in overtime. No chance for uh, James Reimer. Uh, last night with that power play goal uh, in OT, take power plays, you know, that four on three, and you can speak to it as someone that played uh, in the NHL on the blue line, but to defend a four on three power play in the five minute overtime, that's as difficult a task as you could probably have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's tough. I mean, you know, you try to rotate, have have a rotating triangle, you know, if, if you're on the uh, three, three man side there, but um, if they had a, a, a couple more clears, I think they could have gotten through and got through to the shootout. Basically at that point, that's all they were trying to, trying to do, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, Caulfield, I think that I heard that was Caulfield's third OT winner of the year, I think already. So he's uh, you know, anytime he gets the puck, especially on the power play when he's got some time and space, you know, he's usually going to do something dangerous with it. And he's just got a heck of a shot too, as, as you saw last night. He just certainly does. Um, shout out to everyone that joined us on the live betcast, the family plan exclusive, yeah. a live betcast last night. We appreciate it very much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we did cash some winners. We, we, we did pretty good. We had Arizona second goal. We had the draw in the Montreal Detroit game that we took live uh, in that game. Um, we had a couple others as well later on in the night, but uh, it was a solid betcast. We appreciate you guys joining us for Tuesday, November 28th, by the way, uh, is going to be the next live betcast. So uh, make sure you're ready for that. Uh, and join us uh, for that for sure. As far as recapping last night, which we always do uh, on every show, 
I'll start with the Oilers because they're the hot topic. Everyone wants to talk about them and the shit show and the dumpster fire and the circus uh, that's going on right now uh, with the uh, Oilers. I mean, I thought the effort was there early. I mean, they had chances against San Jose. And right now, there's just a malaise right now, okay? Because you look at Dreisaitl and McDavid, it's not that they're playing horrible, but they're, not, they're we expect so much from them. They've put themselves at a level where we expect great from them because they've been great for many, many years. And when they're just playing mediocre or barely good, you know, it's a huge drop. It feels like a huge drop off in their game. They're not finishing right now. Not enough people are talking about the offense drying up. We know they haven't been able to get a save. Jack Campbell, who, and by the way, I feel bad for Jack Campbell, man. It's getting to the point now where it's it's not funny anymore. I don't even want to joke about Jack Campbell anymore because he's a good guy. Everyone that knows him says he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. But a, a horrible night for him in his first AHL start after he got uh, called uh, or sent down to uh, uh, Bakersfield. He played Abbotsford last night. He gave up four goals on seven. And then one of the goals was just it's as bad as it, you, you'll see. Uh, and it's just I just you hate to see it because he's a good guy. Uh, you hope he can find a way to get his game back and get some confidence back. But wasn't good for him last night. Stuart Skinner struggled. The blue line has been awful. In terms of the decision-making, Darnell Nurse with a pinch that you just shouldn't have made that gave San Jose that 3-1 lead, that Zadina goal, uh, where he you know he finished off a, a two-on-one rush for San Jose because of a bad pinch at an inopportune time. Just not good. Uh, not getting a save when they need it. Their offense, they're dead last in 31st, 32nd, and goals against, save percentage, goals allowed per game, all that stuff. But I think what's stunning is they're like 28th in goals scored per game. That's that's even more surprising that the offense has completely uh, fallen off for this Oilers team. It's it's rough right now. Like they are tied in points and wins with San Jose at the bottom of the league right now, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And you saw the comments from – uh, everybody after the game, it looked like there was a dispirit. It's like someone, there was a funeral being held in the dressing room. It's like someone just passed away suddenly in the dressing room. That's the mood coming out of that loss last night against San Jose. It was it dreary. It was very, very uh, sullen uh, in the uh, dressing room last night. And uh, man, it's bad times right now for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's rock bottom. You know, that you lose to the San Jose Sharks last night, uh, three to two. Uh, very, very disheartening loss. And I don't know where they go from here. It's not going to get any easier. Seattle just beat Colorado last night. And that's who you got to play next uh, on Saturday night. From afar, Danny, how do you see it with this Oilers team? It's just, quite honestly, an absolute disaster at the moment. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I guess the good thing that, that you can think about is how much season there is left, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's, it's uh, you know, there's not really much to say. It's like the, the guys in the room at a certain point just kind of got to step up and change things, right? You know, as, as uh, the coaches and the GM, they can they can only do so much um, at, at certain points. You know, it's up to the players to just try to figure things out. Yeah, and that's what they have to do. And by the way, I've got to criticize Evander Kane. Evander Kane, I couldn't, I couldn't find him on the ice with a telescope last night in that hockey game. I couldn't. Like, just no impact. He didn't even – did he make a big – sometimes when he gets into the game, he's doing it physically with a big hit or he'll get in a scrum and get in someone's face, and we know offensively what he's capable of doing. You saw nothing in any of those categories from Evander Kane last night. That's another problem. you got to have everybody on board in a game like that where you're desperate. Yeah, and you got to show that sense of urgency to get out of the losing streak. We didn't see that from Kane. I thought Nugent Hopkins, who's had a bad start to the year, he did score the second goal to get them close, but he took a really bad penalty uh, before that, uh, which put Edmonton shorthanded. So he's been awful so far this year. It's just there's so many 
different areas you can point to for the problems right now with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, our Friday guest, is uh, on in transit, so he's uh, calling from the uh, road once again. Uh, Jimmy, how are you? Good. You guys hear me okay? Yeah, we got yep. you, Jimmy. How are you? Uh, we're talking the Oilers. Everybody in the hockey world seems like it's fucking talking about the Oilers. So uh, we're not alone <laughs> with that. They're the hot there. Everyone wants to talk about them. But what do you think? Another bad loss for them last night, San Jose. Well, first of all, I want to say it's a pleasure to be speaking to Danny. Uh, as you guys know, my second favorite team growing up was the Red Wings. So uh, <laughs> big fan. Nice and, to meet you. Uh, yeah, nice to meet you, man. I, and I apologize if my reception's in and out. But, um, yeah, definitely a big fan of your game when you played and uh, covered a, a few of your games back in the day. So uh, awesome. welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, guys, I mean, look, I, I've kind of been going at it back and forth with uh, my colleague in Vegas who writes for Vegas Hockey Now, Chris Golick, who seems to think this is all on Jay Woodcroft. And I, I couldn't disagree more. Um to me, this reeks of a team that uh, seems very entitled and uh, read their press clippings a little too much in the preseason and, and kind of thought maybe things were going to just come to them and they didn't have to go out and get it. And you just can't do that in today's NHL. And, I mean, any given night, you know, like we say in football, any given Sunday, any given night, as last night proved. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much skill you have on your roster. Um you, as you know, Danny, I mean, you got you to bring it. And look, I, I don't think when you really look at that Oilers roster, I, you know, this guy's saying, uh, my friend Chris there, he's saying, hey, you know, Woodcroft can't handle a team full of superstars. Who are the other superstars on that team other than Drysdale and McDavid? I, really, I mean, Evander Kane, I guess you can maybe put in that category, maybe Ekholm. Uh, but other than that, like, I, I don't see a team full of superstars. I see a top-heavy team with no goaltending and uh, a GM, and God bless him, man. I mean, like I just said, I'm a Red Wings fan. I appreciate everything Ken Holland did for the Red Wings back in the day, but I think he's failed this team, and he, he failed to address their most critical needs, and that's goaltending and defense, and now that's coming back to haunt them. So I don't think this is on Woodcroft at all, but – chances are as it always is in pro sports uh the coach is going to pay the price you know so it's tough to watch i mean i it's this team i think could obviously be so much better but they're in a spiral right now and i, I don't know what's going to save them yeah and it, uh, they thought last night would be the night that if they're going to bust out of this it would be against san jose uh, and maybe be able to do it in a big way and instead they lose 3-2 and the 3-2 goal that they got was late with the extra attacker yeah with the empty so they weren't even, you know, it was, they actually outshot San Jose heavily, but unlike the Philly game, you know, th this to me was just not the highest quality chances you would have liked either with those four yep. shots. I think that was an issue. I didn't see a boatload of real, real dangerous chances. Blackwood was good. Blackwood had to make a great save on Hyman mm -hmm. in the second period. But I thought other than that, you know, it was not the most difficult night, even though the volume of shots were there for Edmonton quality necessarily. Uh, wasn't there. Uh, Alex, uh, another Oiler loss. What did you think of it there last night? 
Well, I didn't watch too much of it because I kind of figured this is what was going to happen, right? It's either going to be a complete <laughs> blowout, Edmonton gets everything rolling, or they just, you know, sleepwalk through it and find a way to lose. And that's exactly what they did. This team is an absolute mess right now. You, like I said, you see all the guys in the, the locker room after the game, the the dry – I don't even know why they even bother still speaking to dry side at this point. Like, he literally doesn't want to talk to anyone in the world after these losses. Oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> and, they keep, and they keep asking him just, like, the most just kind of roundabout questions, and, and he's just getting more and more frustrated. I think that's what it is. The one now. about Skinner a couple weeks ago was a joke. That question when they asked him, "What did you say that to him was. after the mistake where he fumbled the puck and it went in the net?" He's like, "What do you want me to say to him? He made a mistake. Right. We all make mistakes." That was that was a dumb question. That yeah, yeah. So, so he, yeah. They, it seems like it seems like the the <laughs> reporters in Edmonton almost get nervous talking to him now because they know he's going to just be kind of uh, you know a little agitated with whatever answer he gives. So it's just it's just a mess all the way around. I mean, like I said, even with Jack Campbell last night. He's in Bakersfield. They lose to the San Jose AHL team. He gives up a bunch of goals. Like everything organizationally is bad <laughs> with Edmonton right now. And it's like, what can you, what, where, where do you plug the first hole? You know, like I said, do you fire Woodcroft? That's probably not the best idea because he's the best coach you can get. And who are you going to get to replace him in a quick fix to turn something around? I'm hearing Gallant. I've heard a bunch of names thrown around, but I just, I don't know if that's going to solve anything. Ken Holland, I mean, yeah, you get rid of him and you're going to have to get rid of him at some point. He has failed this franchise, but that's not going to wake up the, the locker room necessarily. A, a GM move isn't going to necessarily stir things up like getting rid of a coaching staff. Uh, you know, you're, you're cap strong, so you can't just make some kind of gigantic trade. You know, I joked about, you know, Edmonton and Toronto, you know, flipping, uh, you know, Matthews and McDavid at this point. And, and as, as crazy as that might have sounded two years ago, if both teams start, you know, continue to keep losing like this, keep more playing, playing bad hockey, especially on the Edmonton side, the only teams you could deal with are other teams who have big time players, long term deals and big time contracts. So, yeah. you know, we, we joke about that with the whole Marner and, and, and dress on those four guys kind of possibly being moved. That's not off the table at all right now because uh you know things have to change sooner than later like i said because this is so early in the season if you make a big blockbuster like that maybe that's something that's that's big enough to shake up the whole room and get things rolling for the next 65 to 70 games who knows yep and it'll be interesting to see saturday night their next chance to try to snap the skid against seattle uh just briefly because we want to get into today's games we got six games uh, I'll just ask Danny here about two things in particular from last night. Vancouver gets another win, 5-2. They look like one, they're obviously playing like one of the best teams in the NHL, and their record says they are right now. How real is this start for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and how impressed, Danny, are you with them? And the other thing is Chicago, a four-point night they, from Connor Bedard. They beat Tampa Bay 5-2, or 5-3, I should say, last night. We took a shot, by the way, with uh, Bedard live in-game bet on the BetCast last night to score a hat-trick, plus 750. Because, And that's another thing I'll ask you about. Bedard, how, how impressed are you by him, the Canucks? And also, the hat-trick theory that we have. We said it on the BetCast, Danny, last night. The players are always going to look to feed that player looking for a BetCast. Feed him the puck. Give him those opportunities to get the BetCast. They tried last night. They were always looking for Bedard so he could get his third goal, but it just didn't happen for him. So talk right. about those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'll start with that last question. But um, <clears throat> yeah, anytime. I mean, if there's a game where where somebody gets two goals, and and uh, sometimes it kind of depends how the game is going too. But if you say you're up right. a couple goals or whatever, or uh, you know, if it's not always a tight game, guys are definitely going to look to to try to set that guy up. Um, I remember uh, playing uh, Mike with Mike Green. He was my partner one uh, a couple years, but the, the first year opening night, he's uh, he's got two goals. And he ends up getting the puck at the point, and I'm about to start yelling for the puck, and we go D to D, and then I'm like, 
talk. I'm, I don't want this puck. Like, have him shoot it. He, sure enough, he he just took takes it, uh, drags it to the middle, fires a wrister under the bar for uh, for a hat trick. But um, yeah, no, that stuff definitely happens where uh, you know guys look to to set up certain players at certain times. Um, on the other stuff, I mean, yeah, the Canucks, they're uh, they're rolling. You know, I I was out there last year in, in training camp actually on a PTO, and uh, you know they, that team they they have a ton of skill, and um, you know. Last season, you know, that all the changes and what was going on there. That's when of, they were struggling when you were out there last yeah, year. Yeah, 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 they yeah. were. But, I mean, you know, this year they definitely, they figured it out. And when I was out there, I, I was like, damn, this team, they got a lot of freaking skill on this team. You know, um, JT Miller, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes on the back end, you know, uh, Besser when he's playing well. Like they got high-end skill. They got guys who can put the puck in the net and it's starting to show right now. So. You know, that, that doesn't really surprise me a whole lot, but they were able to f- kind of find their way a bit, which is good to see. And then uh, I guess the last thing touching on Bedard is, is um, you know, that, that kid can play. He's He's got a ton of skill. I mean, for, for how small he is, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I think that was kind of one of the things that people were waiting to see, like how could he handle, you know, playing with, with the with the big boys in the, in the NHL. And he's handled himself just well. And, you know, sometimes those smaller guys, like me being a defenseman, those those small guys who can move quick like that, they're they're harder to defend than a guy who's six four, because you know that guy's just try, probably going to try to go through you. You know, or as a guy like Bedard, he's you know a guy a defenseman with a long stick, he's always inside your your range of of being able to cross check him, but you just can't get him sometimes. And uh, you know, he's he's shown how how much talent he has, and he's an elite goal scorer with that shot too. Speaking and of talent, some, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, not just the shot, but when I saw the replay back last night, because we were watching all a bunch of different games, but I didn't notice that when uh, Bedard, he, when he got that two-on-one goal early in the game, the pass in the neutral zone that started that play, where he flips his stick upside down and just gently breezes the puck right past the defenseman, like a clean tape-to-tape pass, essentially, but but using his stick in the opposite way, like, to have that kind of creativity and just mental wherewithal, like, that's just something you just don't see too often. And, you know, he's part of that new wave of these guys with just offensive creativity. We talk about it a lot on the show. Uh, yeah. You know, to create, you know, the, the ability to, to create plays like that is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and you know what, like, um, some of, I, I see it a lot nowadays, like, working with younger kids on the ice and stuff. Like, the, uh, the skill nowadays that a lot of these young kids have is unbelievable. They're you know, they're all dangling and, 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 you know, pulling and dragging, shooting kind of like, just like, you know, a lot of the NHL guys. So it's, it's, it's crazy to see the, how high the skill level is just at a young age coming up through all those ranks. And I was going to say, it was a good, good transition question too, with you working with, with younger players and stuff nowadays. Do you think that has a lot to do with the fact that we're seeing, you know, as, like I mentioned about you know, the goal you have the stanchions, like a video game glitch. You have all these kids who grow up playing the games on PlayStation and Xbox while they're also playing on the ice. And they're seeing players doing these incredible things and, you know, the spinorama moves and, you know, skating at these high speeds. Do you think that's now translated to where kids are trying to emulate what they see on the ice? And now that's opened up kind of the offensive creativity within the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the, the skill level in the NHL over the, over the last, you know, 10 to 20 years has just increased every year, you know, so all these kids are all, you know, they're watching the, you know, Kucherov and Stamkos, uh, Bedard now, like McDavid, Matthews, all these guys who have all this elite high-end skill. And, and, and the other side of it is they're probably seeing, you know, with social media, how these guys are training, you know, there's a lot more access kind of into the lives of some of these players too. So you get a little bit more of a firsthand glimpse of, of what these guys are doing and kind of, you know, what, what kids should maybe try to do in their game too. 
Yeah. And he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better from here. There's no question. And uh, I'm going to, you know, some people say I'm, uh, with my karaoke, I'm, I'm good at some things, bad at others. Some people think I'm nuts, but we'll throw out the old Bedard one. He'll score a goal, shoot the puck, get, he'll get into it, get stupid, get bedarded. Get bedarded, get bedarded, let's get bedarded, let's get bedarded in here. Uh, that's what we're doing. That's what Chicago fans are doing right now. Uh, they're getting bedarded right now. Uh, so uh, I'm a little bedarded too. And uh, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, darted without the B uh, right now. I'm a little bit like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I can get like that. Ian, apparently you got, the, uh, you got the Boston Hemp gift pack, huh? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I could say the weed smoke was causing that. Unfortunately, it's my brain. Just, yeah, I just want to ask Danny quick. Um, you know that you're, you're coaching kids now, and and I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you were saying, guys, about uh, just the skill level and everything they they have at their fingertips. But I'm wondering, as a coach, you know, how do you in make it clear to them that that's not all they're going to need to get to the pros that obviously you still need the grit. You still need uh, the dedication to the physical side, the training, what have you. Uh, What's the message you give to kids these days? Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be the other side of it too, because you know, so many of these kids want to, they want to be a Matthews or, or Bedard, you know what I mean? So they try to emulate their game so much where, you know, like you look at all the players in the NHL, there's so many great players, whatever, 600, 700 players in the league this year. And, you know, a, a Matthews and a McDavid are, are in the 1% of that 1% of all those players. So, you know, I just, I try to preach like the, the realistic side of things sometimes where the more you can do on the ice, uh, the more versatile you can be, the better you set yourself up for, for success, because mm-hmm. not everybody, you know, going down the line, you know, first liners and, and first power play unit guys and juniors sometimes are fourth line and penalty killer guys in the NHL. You know, I see it all the time. And, and over the yeah. years, you guys, um, you know, actually a, a guy I played with a few years ago is a good example of that Sam Gagne. I mean, when he came into the league, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the, the seven, seven points or eight points, whatever he had that night and, you know, first line, first power play for all those years. And then, you know, two, three years ago, I'm playing with him and he's, you know, um, fourth line, uh, you know, playing wing, playing center, killing penalties, no power play time. So, you know, that's a good example of you just kind of got to adapt to uh, adapt your game to, to be able to do a lot of different stuff. And he's a guy who's, you know, he's played over a thousand games now. And a lot of guys that, that do play that long, they do have to adapt. And that, that's he adapted within the NHL. You know, a lot of other kids growing up, they're going to have to try to adapt at different levels, but um, yeah. Nick Newstead, Corey Perry, I'm just going down, a bunch of well, players, look, great transition. The, yeah, Guys, the biggest one of all is a former Red Wing as well, is Stevie Y. I mean, yeah. you know, if if he doesn't change his game around when Scotty Bowman came and, you know, he doesn't start to dedicate himself to the defensive side, he probably doesn't have the Hall of Fame career and, and win all those cups, you know, I mean, that that to me is the biggest example of a guy who had all the skill in the world, but said, you know what? Okay. This isn't going to do it. And this is what my team needs. Right. And this is how I got to play now. And, and, you know, look how it turned out for him. So I, I think he's a great yeah. example for kids for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Scotty Bowman too, is the, like the, still the best coach in hockey history. Uh, in my opinion, certainly the most yeah. decorated, most successful, most Scotty's cups. And people think of him widely regarded too. One of the greatest coaches in North American sports history. Uh, That's football, basketball, baseball, hockey combined. Scotty Bowman's on that list of top three, top five. He has to be. 
There's no yeah. question about I, that. Did you did you get to meet him at all, Danny, through the Red Wings or? Um, I, I, I've met him before, um, uh, but it was, you know, he was with, uh, different organizations. I think he was with Chicago there for a bit, Tampa. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't with Detroit when I was around, but I have met him before. Great guy. It's, yeah. it's unreal, man. Like I still keep in touch with him and like, you know, he'll just call me just to shoot the breeze and talk hockey. And it's amazing. Wow. I don't know. What is he now? Like 91, cool. you know? And he's like, he's, he's so sharp, sharp still with his yeah. hockey. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. The, the, him and on the basketball side of things, Hubie Brown. I can't believe how yeah. sharp those two guys oh, yeah. are still. Yep. Yeah. 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 And just they great. So good. Yeah. And their X's and O's breakdowns of hockey, both of them, Scotty for hockey and Hubie Brown. Of course, both coaches in their respective yep. mm-hmm. sports as well. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. Hubie Brown entering his 50th year, I think, in broadcasting or, or in basketball, I should say. And he's still doing NBA games on ESPN. It's just incredible stuff. Wow. Yeah, so an incredible career, really, for both of them. All right, let's get into these Friday games. Uh, we'll try to go through them at a brisk pace. We don't want to be here uh, for you know more than an hour or so. Uh, let yeah, I got to get out in like five minutes, guys. I apologize. Okay, cool. No problem. Uh, Friday night, Calgary Flames, Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got Toronto minus 150, home favorite here. Six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, first of all, shout out to the 2023 Hockey Hall of Fame class. Uh, the inductees who will be in the building tonight, they'll get their little recognition uh, prior to the Flames uh, Leafs game tonight. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, first ballot Hall of Famer. No surprise there. Uh, Tom Barrasso, Mike Vernon, uh, Pierre Turgeon, uh, Caroline Ouellette, uh, a great female uh, women's hockey player, had a great career as well. So they're the player inductees. And then as builders, Pierre Lacroix, the late Pierre Lacroix, was great in a GM role in the NHL for many years. And, of course, Ken Hitchcock. I always call him Captain Kangaroo because he looks like him. Uh, Ken Hitchcock, uh, but an incredible, incredible coach. Uh, He was for uh, many years Stanley Cup champ as well. So great class. Uh, They'll be in the house tonight at Scotiabank Arena for the Hockey Hall of Fame game. The the induction ceremony is Monday night, uh, but this is the uh, Hall of Fame game tonight, Flames and Leafs. Look, Toronto is saying all the right things, Danny, Alex, Jimmy. They're saying the right things about we've got to dig down defensively. That's where we've gotten uh, off our game, Uh, just not good enough against Ottawa. Uh, John Klingberg's likely going to be scratched. He's a big part of the struggles defensively. Uh, I think second uh, worst uh, defenseman that's been on the ice for the most high-danger chances against uh, that have resulted in goals. Klingberg, so it's been a rough start for him. They're going to get Jake McCabe back, it looks like. Uh, on the blue line. So it's actually someone that's going to help them in that regard, trying to be a little bit more sturdy, steady defensively in their own end. We know this team can score goals. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Matthew Nyes has been a nice fit on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Nick Robertson uh, called up recently playing with Domi and Yarncroke on the third line gets a goal. So Toronto can score it. They got to get better goaltending and specifically better defense. And we'll see if Joe Wall bounces back. He had his worst game of the year against Ottawa. He's back in net tonight. Jacob Markstrom wasn't on the ice for the morning skate this morning for Calgary. He's out, and it'll be Dan Vladar, uh, Darth Vladar in net here for the uh, Calgary Flames tonight in this game. Uh, he's been up and down this year. Calgary's starting to pick it up. Yeah, the bad start, but they've won two in a row against Seattle and Nashville. Um, they are certainly got some momentum going into this game. But it, it feels and it smells and it really feels like a Toronto spot, like the one where they're they're going to play with their hair on fire. They're going to really want to try to uh, put the clamps down and play a better sound defensive game. Uh, I do think they probably win this game, but I have zero comfort playing minus 150 with this Leafs team uh, right now. 
so it's a pass for me as far as the side uh, in this game. Total, look, I've been riding the Toronto overs, but there's this sneaky voice in my head saying they're really going to try to buckle down because everything you hear about is all defensive focus. They worked on the penalty kill uh, in practice yesterday, which has been a sore spot. So uh, this is a tr- tough game for me. Um, I'm not involved in it as far as side or total pregame. Alex, uh, what do you think here, Flames uh, and Leafs? Yeah, I'm not even going to bother talking about what Toronto should do or need to do. I'm going to focus mostly on, on what Calgary, like I said, this situation. I think we talk about these teams that have struggled early in the year and trying to you know get things back afloat. Calgary's in the great position, complete opposite of what we're seeing with the other Alberta team. And now, as you mentioned, Markstrom down day to day. Ladar is starting. He's struggling. But now that opens the door for Mr. Dustin Wolf, who got called up yesterday, who was 5-0-0 already in the AHL. 82-20-6 in the AHL in the last two and a half years. That's a regular season and playoffs combined. This guy deserved to be yeah. he deserved to be in the NHL now as far as I'm concerned, and now he's got the open door. He has the wide open spot to take the reins and possibly change the course of this franchise for this season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see now what happens over this weekend. Of course, except with our plays tonight. But, you know, will Markson be healthy enough to to, to, to the carrying three goalies? So he's day-to-day. So we might end up seeing Wolf possibly start tomorrow. But I'm, I'm really excited for that, mainly because if you watch the uh, season preview show, I gave out a 40-1 to long shot on him to win the Calder. Uh, I think that blew up to like 80-1 to at one point, too. So you can grab a, a good number with that. If he can get hot and this Calgary team can start playing some good hockey now, uh, maybe this is a team that has figured out some of their goaltending issues. So that's the, the big thing I'm looking at. But as far as this game's going, three of the last five meetings between these two have gone past regulation. So I'm keeping it simple, taking the draw. I got plus 355 to bet online. Great price with the draw. There are a couple draw bets I like on this card, games to go to overtime. Uh, I didn't have this one on my card, but it makes some sense. It wouldn't shock me if this game goes to uh, overtime, and that's a good price, obviously, plus 355. I'll get into some player props that I like, and they're situational player props, a couple that I really think could be worth a look in this game. Danny, what do you think here? Flames, Leafs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, Kind of like you guys said, it's 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 a tough one. Um, I mean, I definitely don't like the Leafs at minus 150, but, uh, you know, it's it's kind of depends on what team is going to show up, really. If you like the Leafs, you know what you do. You take a minus one or regulation. You get a better price than minus 150 out of it. That's what I always, I'm always a proponent of that with a, if I'm looking at a favorite in this price range, because you can get Toronto at minus uh, or plus 104, I should say, uh, for in regulation and minus one is plus 130. So obviously if they win by one, you, you at least get your refund back and you push your bet. But if you, they win by more than one, which they might tonight, this might be one of the night where they mean biz, nights where they mean business. See, I can't buy in our chat. Isaac says, look, Leafs looking ahead to the, they can't look ahead to anybody. If they look ahead to Vancouver tomorrow night, they're going to go 0-2 this weekend. And then they got to make the long flight to Sweden where they're supposed to have this great time there touring Sweden for a few days before they play next Friday against Detroit. And they got to go there on an 0-2 Weekend at home, they can't be looking past Calgary. They got to show up tonight. Uh, that you know that they can't be looking ahead to Vancouver. So, uh, to me, if if they lose, it won't be looking ahead. It's just they suck defensively again. That's probably why they're going to lose if that happens again. Jimmy, what do you think here? Flames, Leafs. Yeah, guys, this will be my only play, and I got a jet after this. I apologize, but you know what? Given the fact that the you know the coach called out the defensive game, and I would imagine they focused on that a lot in practice yesterday. I'm going to go, and it, it sounds crazy to ever touch it, even with the, the Flames as well, but I'm liking the under in this. So I'm going to take an under yep. in the first period, 
and I'm going to take an under total. All right, first period and full game under split for Jimmy. And a best bet before we let you run, if you had to pick one, what's what we'll, would it be? We'll go with that, uh, the full the full game under. All right, Jimmy, good stuff. We appreciate yeah, you joining and, us. And speaking of unders, boys, jump on that under with the Colts and the Patriots this weekend. I know it's low, but that's a, that's a <laughs> gimme right there. You mind you don't do trust it. that explosive offense and Mac Jones? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> go back. I was just listening on the radio with some guy talking about how like 90% of the games in Europe have gone under so ride yes. that under yeah i don't i wouldn't argue with that the colts have been kind of an over team but i don't know if that's going to happen here with new england and new england the didn't have parker the yeah, parker on parker at receiver and another one of their big receivers born born to be alive <laughs> yep. kendrick born he didn't yep. play last week either so yeah, yeah and they left jc uh, jackson at home because he was late yeah. for a meeting so yeah uh exactly. they're they're in trouble so yeah ride yeah, that on like boys have a great weekend that. danny nice yeah. to meet you man yeah you too take care there he is, uh, Jimmy Murphy uh, with us. Thanks, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy Murphy. All right, Carolina. Oh, by the way, the props. God help me, this this bothers me that I'm, bo- I'm endorsing this guy because he's been an utter no-show this year for Calgary, and he had a bad first year with them last year, but he got benched in the third period the other night against Nashville, and they came back and they won. Isn't that crazy, Danny? Jonathan Huberto, he got benched in the third period against Nashville the other night. Calgary outscored Nashville three nothing in the third period without him playing a shift, a, without him playing a second on the ice. They played their best period of the game and they came back and they beat Nashville. But he is in the lineup tonight. Ryan Uska's putting him back in. You know what that can be like. This is my theory with player props, Danny. Bet the guy that just got benched or scratched the last game. He comes with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to make amends. He wants to play better, and he doesn't want that shit happening again. He said it after him. I'm, I'm embarrassed. That I, I was benched and didn't play a shift in that third period. So I'm going to buy in tonight on Jonathan Huberto showing up for the Calgary Flames. So goal prop, assist prop, uh, I would look at some of those for Huberto tonight. What have you in your experiences when you see you're not not I'm not saying you were benched and scratched all the time, but not only the teammates of yours as well. I mean, when you saw that situation arise, did you often get their best effort the night they returned to the lineup after being a healthy scratch or benched? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I've been in that situation, and I've seen a lot of guys in that situation, um, especially especially someone like Huberto. Like when you, when you see really good players like that, who uh, you know they're benched or scratched or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never a bad take to you know take them the next game because you know they're going to be uh, playing with a little bit of fire for the most part usually. Yeah, and you could say Kadri against his former team as well. And he hasn't had a great season either, again, for Calgary. Both of these guys, since they got them at the beginning of last year, just underwhelming. But, you know, he's going to be amped up to play. I think he's had done a good job against Toronto. Too. I think he scored multiple games against the Leafs since he was with Colorado and now Calgary. I think he scored against uh, uh, Toronto before. So Huberto and Kadri on the Calgary side. Uh, and then on the Toronto side, I would say Nyes and, and – and, um, and Nick Robertson, I think both of those young kids are are the best value as far as goal scorer props. Nye is playing with Matthews and Marner. And this is another thing I talk about, Danny, with player props. Matthew Nyes is on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Matthews is plus 100 to score a goal, minus 110. Marner's like plus 160. But Matthew Nyes is like plus 400 to score a goal tonight. And he's playing on the top line. These are the situations I mention on this show a lot when it comes to player props. The guy that's on the top line or moved up there and he's nowhere near priced like his line mates are as far as goal props, assist props. And those are the kinds you can take advantage of, I find. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree 100% because, you know, moving up 
up to that first line, he's going to see tons of opportunities. He's going to get a lot of offensive zone draws, um, might, you know, maybe some power play time and all where he's at on there, where he slots in. But yeah, first line coming down from the second or third, you're going to get all those opportunities. All right, Carolina, Florida. We've got, uh, well, you don't, it's actually minus 130. Let me change that. Minus 130 for uh, Carolina as road favorites. Six and a half the total in this game. This is the first play, the first matchup between these teams this season, which means it's the first matchup since their Eastern Conference final last year when the uh, Florida Panthers, in their crazy run to the Stanley Cup final, swept the Carolina Hurricanes in four straight games, although it was not that much of a blowout. Every game was close. There were two overtime games. Uh, in that conference final last year. So obviously Carolina, this is a little bit more in their, in their fire in their belly for your average regular season game that they get to play the Florida Panthers here for the first time since last year. That being said, if you've been blindly betting playoff revenge games, it hasn't been going well this year. Hasn't always cashed for you. So keep that in mind. It's it's not a slam dunk that Carolina is going to win tonight uh, just because they're trying, they're playing Florida for the first time since they got knocked out in the conference final last year. I lean Carolina, but I also didn't love the price here, minus 130 uh, on the road. Florida's been playing good at home, 4-1 and one this year. Uh, even without Barco- without Ekblad and Montour uh, on the blue line, I've been impressed. The blue line has held up. Uh, even with Matthew Kachuk, you know, really struggling. And I think that broken sternum that he suffered last year in the playoffs, I don't think he's 100% just yet. I think that's playing a part in Kachuk's early season offensive struggles. But the good news is Sam Reinhardt is someone that's really picked up the slack for Florida. He's been excellent uh, to begin this season, carrying them offensively. Verhage has been pretty good lately as well. Uh, so this is a tough game. I want I wanted to bet Carolina. I didn't love the price enough at minus 130 uh, in this game on the road against a Florida team that's playing well on home ice. I like the draw, though, in this game. This is my first draw bet here of the card. Carolina-Florida draw, plus 370. Uh, really good price with that uh, at FanDuel. Uh, you look at it, Florida, they've played back-to-back overtime games coming into this one. Same thing with Carolina, two straight overtime games. Uh, you look at the playoff series last year, every game decided by one goal. Two of those four games went to overtime. I think we're going to see another very close competitive game, one that's got a real shot to go beyond regulation. So the draw for me here uh, at plus 370, great price. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Carolina, Florida. Yeah, I was a little on the fence with it, but like you said, when you look at these trends, just not only with the team, but just history as well, 370 is a decent enough price to take a shot here with the draw because I was completely staying away from the side. Like I said, I lean with Carolina, but the goaltending situation still kind of a, a iffy mess for me. And, you know, you wonder where things are going to stand and lay out with that at some point because now, of course, no Frederick Granderson indefinitely. You got Antti Ranta, who, of course, we know how injury-prone he can be. You added Yaroslav Halak, who, you know, he wasn't necessarily giving you consistency in the last couple of years. He was very up and down uh, his tenures with Boston and New York to kind of uh, as a backup. So I just – Carolina's a team that I want to watch and observe the next few games. So I probably won't be betting anything Carolina, uh, at least going into another week or so. And Florida, just a team, like I said, just kind of still hard to trust a little bit at times. But – I think they could play close enough here where this one's a, a draw and 370 is a worthy price. It's actually plus 390 uh, now at FanDuel. So somehow this price has gotten even better. So that's a really good price. And there's a, a, a draw is a very real possibility at that price. It's worth a look. And again, with the draw bets, you hit one of them. Let's say you bet four, you hit one, you're profitable. You got a really good chance to be profitable uh, at the end of that. And if you hit two of them, you're really in good shape. Uh, so they're worth a look here. And uh, Alex has even got me going on the draw bets 
a lot more because this has been something that he's been betting his entire handicapping and sports betting career. I've only started betting them more often the last couple of years, uh, but they're good. If it makes sense, if you're seeing teams play a lot of close games lately, if the series history says there's been close games between them, definitely the draw is a very good value betting option here in a game like this potentially. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? Hurricanes, Panthers, playoff rematch. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like you guys mentioned, sometimes the, uh, the old playoff revenge game doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. But, um, I mean, I don't know, this is, this is a tough one, Florida, you know, I was kind of interested to see how they were going to start off the season this year after, you know, running into the cup finals and then losing. Sometimes you never know how those teams are going to play to start the year, but you know, they've been pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not touching this one. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, I agree. But I think the draw, tricky as far as the side. I lean Carolina, but I just think, you know, the draw is the better option and uh, a real chance for the game. Speaking of draws, Minnesota and Buffalo. We've got the uh, Buffalo Sabres minus 115 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. I actually like Buffalo here. Minnesota's on a back-to-back. They played in New York against the Rangers last night. Uh, Tough loss for them. But they go back to Philip Gustafson. He's been awful. He's been horrid this year, really, for the uh, Wild and Net. And really since the Florida game where he got the shutout, first game of the year, uh, every other game he's given up at least four goals, and every game has gone over the total. Every Philip Gustafson start in net for the Minnesota Wild this year since that first start he made, it's gone over the total. So he's really had some issues keeping the puck out of the net, hasn't played the way he did last year, where he played so well, guys, last year that he displaced Marc-Andre Fleury from being the starting goalie for Minnesota for much of last year. Buffalo's an easy team to figure out. Off a loss, they're usually a decent look. When they're off a win, that's not when you want to bet Buffalo because they've been inconsistent. Win-loss, win-loss has been their pattern this year. They're off the loss to Carolina, although they were very competitive. Good effort against a good Hurricanes team in that game. I think they do bounce back here. They've got the rest advantage. They're at home. Uh, Devin Levi, it looks like, is going to be a net here for the uh, Sabres tonight. Not uh, confirmed yet, but projected. Philip Gustafson, of course, for the Wild. I'll take Buffalo here, minus 115, uh, short home favorites. And they're getting healthier for this game. It looks like Alex Tuck was a question mark. Uh, He's going to be a game-time decision. But Dylan Cousins is back, and that's significant for the uh, Sabres. He's like the the heartbeat of this hockey team. Uh, He's missed the last two games with the upper body injury. And I'm a Sabre fan growing up, Danny, But and so uh, this is kind of my team. But God bless and God love. Uh, Dylan Cousins for doing what he did last week against Philadelphia, stepping up to the plate with his team struggling and fighting Garnett Hathaway uh, of the Philadelphia Flyers. It's kind of a silly decision because he was just overmatched, overwhelmed. But the fact he stepped up and took on that guy, I give him all the credit in the world uh, for doing that. And unfortunately, that's what landed him on the injured list here for these last couple games. But he's back tonight for the Sabres. Nobody works harder on this team. The workhorse from Whitehorse uh, is what they call him. Uh, Dylan Cousins, I think that's a boost for the Sabres. So I'll take them minus 115 in this game. I like the over in this game, six and a half. Sabres, you know, are offensively very capable against a struggling goalie. And on the flip side, Minnesota has been an over machine this year. We've talked about it all season. So over six and a half, Buffalo minus 115. And I'm also going to take a shot on the draw in this game because I do think it's competitive and there's series history that points to a lot of Close games between these teams. Last two meetings last year, Wild versus Sabres, both went past regulation. So uh, this is another draw uh, for me here, Wild and Sabres. uh, And you can get that at a very good price here in this game. Uh, Minnesota-Buffalo draw, FanDuel has it at plus 370 
uh, for this game. Uh, Alex, uh, Wild and Sabres. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the draw. Four of the last six have gone past regulation. Five of the last seven meetings have been decided by one goal. I lean a little bit toward Minnesota here. And I know, like I said, Gustafson has been awful so far. But I think we're just seeing a product of just the kind of whole team as a whole. And, yes, he's regressed a little bit, but I don't think that's all completely his fault. I think the way that they that the Wild have played in front of Gustafson has been kind of just a, a, a carryover from last year, right? When, you, when he was in net, he was rock solid. And they didn't always get the offense rolling at times, but they always could re, you know, feel like they were comfortable and had a shot throughout the game because Gustin was giving them a chance to win. Even though you look at the opening night win, he pretty much stood on his head against Florida and, and, and got that victory. So now, you know, is he a bit overworked? You know, or is it just that the whole team is just kind of breaking down around him? That remains to be seen. And I think, except like Buffalo with their inconsistency, this is a short price. And I think the while we're kind of looking at this saying, we may not be able to beat the Rangers, but we can at least go on. Let's put Gus in on, on, on Friday against Buffalo and try to get a win here. So I lean with Minnesota on the side, but I love the draw even more. And uh, definitely would take a shot, maybe live over, try to get a six or a five and a half. Uh, like I said, definitely over machine with Minnesota right now. I know that's just what you're saying. They might be thinking Minnesota, but if they really thought that, and I found out that they thought that way, Minnesota, I'd say, hey, fuck you guys. Sabres are getting better. We're going to make the playoffs this year. Don't you dare yeah. think we're, we're a stepping stone for you. We're going to give you, and I think tonight Buffalo uh, is going to be a tough out here for the uh, Minnesota Wild. We'll see about that. Danny, what do you think here? Uh, Minnesota, Buffalo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would probably lean towards the over here. Um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like both teams, you guys mentioned Minnesota. I didn't know that they were, uh, in, in over machine, but you know, they got the, the amount of scoring that they have an offense on their team. And then also all, just all the young talent that's, uh, in Buffalo there, you know, I feel like they can light it up too. So being the amateur better than I am, I'd, I'd go with the over here. Uh, all right, like in the uh, and we agree, and you know what we say. The re- there's a reason for that, Danny, and it's our both of our theories on this, and we agree with it. Alex and I hear that Minnesota over theory is first of all the goaltending's been weaker, and they've missed Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon being off that blue line has been a huge deal. He's probably one of the better defenders in his own end on this hockey team, uh, and he hasn't played a game yet this year, and they just haven't been defending in their own zone quite as well. Jared Spurgeon's a big piece you know, to Minnesota's uh, blue line. So that's been a huge proponent of it, no question. Uh, and the combination has led to them scoring enough goals with Kaprizov, and they've moved Marco Rossi. It was long overdue. Marco Rossi finally put on the top line. Dean Evison took a sweet time putting him up there when he was scoring early in the year, but finally he did that. So they're good enough offensively, but they've struggled in their own end. And that combination has led to them being over the total. As far as props for this game, J.J. Paterka, Durka, Durka. Uh, we talk about him all the time. J.J. Paterka, he's worth a look. He's scoring right now for Buffalo. Middle stat, goal assist. Middle stats really picked it up. Dylan Cousins, I think, back in the lineup. He's going to want to make an impact. So there's some decent prop there. And for Minnesota, I'd say Hartman and, and Rossi. Hartman has stepped up his offensive game a little bit the last week. And uh, Rossi, you know, since he, another player that's undervalued since he's moved up to the top line and you're still getting very good prices in the plus 300 range uh, for him to score a goal tonight. Once again, for Minnesota. All right, Capitals and Devils. We've got New Jersey minus 200 home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Now, remember, this: these two teams played in October in New Jersey last month. Washington beat New Jersey six to four. It was a crazy game. Washington smoked them in the first period. Uh, and then New Jersey comes back in the second, takes the lead. And then in the third period, Washington responds they regained the lead and they end up winning six to four. It was not a great game from the Devils. They were playing great going into it. 
I think they kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say they took Washington lightly, but they didn't have their best game uh, that night. But now they get a chance at Washington again. They're off a loss to Colorado that's not sitting well with them. I've read a lot of the quotes or a lot of the uh, media uh, comments from Lindy Ruff and a lot of the players, too many odd man rushes. Danny, I don't know if you saw that game, New Jersey, Colorado, any of it. It was on TV the other night, TNT, but they were brutal with odd man rushes allowed, turnovers, and Colorado just made them pay for it uh, against that New Jersey team. So I think they're going to be a lot better tonight uh, here against a beatable Washington Capitals team uh, that just you know has had a hard season so far, an aging team that we think their best days are kind of behind them. They've got still got some injuries too up front and on the blue line uh, as well that they're dealing with. Goaltending's been shaky for Washington, and Charlie Lindgren is confirmed in net tonight for them. Uh, his numbers on the season uh, are actually not bad: two point five goals against, nine twenty nine save percentage. But facing a New Jersey team that's still got firepower, even without Heshear and Jack Hughes, you know they've still shown the ability without those two guys to win games. Uh, Mercer and uh, McLeod are in those spots. They're great value. They're the number one, number two centers. They're not being priced like it with their player props. So again, I would say Dawson Mercer and Michael McLeod, player props for New Jersey, have a ton of value tonight. I like the over here. This is another one where series history has really been over heavy. Five and two to the over the last seven. New Jersey's 10 and two to the over on the season. Uh, I think 12 and two to the over in their last 14 home games the New Jersey Devils as well. So over six is where it opened. I bet it at six, it's up to six and a half. Uh, I still like it. And I'm also going to take a rare combo bet. I don't do a ton of these, but I'm going to go New Jersey and over five and a half here at plus 148, a really good price. Devils money line combined with over five and a half uh, in this game uh, at plus 148. So I'm also on that. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here? Washington, New Jersey. Yeah, I missed the boat on that six with the over, so I'm going to be going for a five and a half uh, looking live. I'm going to wait about maybe three or four minutes scoreless and try to get something in minus $1.20 or better. So that's the only thing I'm looking at. Definitely not taking a side with Washington, even at a, at a plus price. Uh, and like I said, New Jersey, I think they could be finally getting on the, on a, some, a roll right now, maybe getting hot enough to where we could see that you know New Jersey streak that we saw around this time and, and early of the season last year. So I wouldn't be shocked if this could be one of those games. I think there's a couple of teams that could build some streaks off of games tonight. New Jersey might be one of them. So maybe a look for something uh, on the side live, but I like the total more. I want to get a better pricing game. All right, looking for a live over, Alex, in this one. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? Caps, Devils. Um, I mean, I just, I don't like Washington. I just, you mentioned that their, uh, you know, their best days are behind them. They're, you know, they're veteran guys. Yeah. They're, they're, they've been good for a long time, but you know, I just think they're hitting the end of the road and they're, they're trying to, uh, transition here. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, I, I don't like them. So there you go. Uh, Washington, New Jersey or nothing here for a uh, Danny, uh, DeKaiser here in this game. Uh, yeah, Jack is still out. I don't mind Jack. And Jack Hughes and Nico Heashier being out is a big deal. It's your top two centers. I get it. But they can beat Washington without them. I'd be worried, like yep. worry against Colorado being without them the other night where they lost. Worry when you play the Rangers or Carolina. You know, you play teams of that caliber. You can get past Washington, I think, uh, without those two guys. And by the way, I think they're going to be ramped up to beat Washington tonight because they know they didn't play well at all the last time they played the Capitals, and they're better than that. So I think you'll see that from them tonight. Uh, all right, if you're going to bet Washington props, though, it's Strom and it's Tom Wilson. I mean, those are the two obvious choices. They're the ones that are carrying the They're scoring more goals than Ovechkin, believe it or not, right now for the Washington Capitals. Ovechkin and Oshie have had really slow starts uh, offensively 
uh, this year for the uh, Washington Capitals. All right, Philadelphia Flyers and Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we've got the uh, Flyers minus 115 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. The money is coming in on Philly because they actually opened as underdogs and now they're minus 115 favorites. So there's some support here for uh, Philadelphia coming off the loss against San Jose, their second straight loss. Uh, I have been higher on the Anaheim Ducks than a lot of people uh, this season. So I don't agree with this move. I'm on the Anaheim side uh, here at minus 105 in this game. Now, I know Philadelphia, nobody's going to, it's not going to sit well with anybody you lose to the San Jose Sharks. But Danny, we've said this about Philadelphia. I think the work ethic is great. Torts has got this team competing. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot of high level, upper echelon finishing ability with the forward group. There just isn't. You know, maybe Konechny, but a lot of their other forwards, they, they shoot the puck into the pads of the goaltender way too often. And that's an issue. They're getting chances. They work their bag off. I get all that. Uh, but they're struggling to finish and convert on the chances they get. And that's going to be what probably does Philadelphia in uh, this year once again, like it did last year. You can work hard all you want. But at some point, you got to have some offensive finish in your game. And there just isn't enough of that with Philadelphia. There should be enough of that with Anaheim. Now, I know they got shut out by Pittsburgh the other night to snap their win streak. But when you've got Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras and you've got Mason McTavish uh, and now Alex Kalorn, the veteran from Tampa Bay, is in the lineup and healthy. Uh, Minchikov has been a gem on the blue line, moving that puck from defense to offense. I mean, this is a very exciting team to watch. And I think for them, after getting shut out at home by Pittsburgh, it's a nice little bounce back spot. And again, I've got Anaheim as the better of these two teams right now. So at home, and I got it at a plus price earlier, plus 100, even at minus 105. I still very much like the Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Uh, we're taking the uh, Anaheim Ducks here tonight in this one. Alex, uh, Philly and Anaheim. Yeah, I'm on the Ducks here as well. And, you know, like I said, I'm high on this Ducks team right now. And this is a spot, just looking at the schedule, they've got some easy games coming up where they can continue to ride this momentum, you know, like I said, they had off of the loss, but they still have been playing with a ton of effort as well. And like I said, it's the difference between Philly and Anaheim. Both teams are playing with a ton of effort. They're outplaying uh, what we, you know, the expectations of what we thought going into the first month, month and a half of the season. But Anaheim has that talent. We see the rebuild happening in process with Anaheim. We can look through the kitchen with them where we can't really quite see everything that's going on with Philly. But we know that they're playing better hockey than what they have in the last couple of years. Anaheim just seems to be a couple of levels ahead of Philly right now. I think it's a cheap price at home. And uh, we got Lucas Dostal on net, who, like I said, I've been very high on. I've been very impressed with, with how he looks in net. And I think this is a, a great price to back Anaheim at home. Uh, Sam Harrison, by the way, in net. This was supposed to be Carter Hart initially. Uh, Carter Hart's not ready to come back. Some sites had him confirmed. So there's some uh, errors going on with RotoWire and some of these sites I use for lineup confirmations. So it is indeed Samuel Harrison uh, who is going to get the start once again for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Carter Hart not ready uh, to return uh, just yet. Uh, Danny, a good not not just the Flyers Ducks game specifically, but also this Anaheim team. One of the surprise stories. I think Greg Cronin was a nice hire. You know, clearly, you know he's done a really nice job, and and what he's done a nice job with is this team's competing defensively better than they did before. I felt it was too easy to play in the offensive zone for teams against Anaheim last year. That was a big problem. They're not a great defensive team yet, but there's definitely better compete away from the puck throughout this Anaheim lineup. And I think Greg Cronin's done a nice job uh, instilling that in this team. So what do you think of Anaheim overall, Danny, and this game, Flyers and Ducks? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think Anaheim overall, you know, it was a rough few years for them there. And they're they're kind of turning the tide a bit here, and especially starting off the year um, this year. You know, you mentioned Carl uh, uh, there, and then you got Verbeek, who came in, um, what, a couple of years ago now. But he's um, – I, I like what he's done because he's, he's brought in some – Little veterans. ball of hate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's brought in some veterans, you know, Kalorn, um, Gudis, and – you know, some guys that have uh, experience. So sometimes that helps, especially on the defensive side of things. Um, you get younger players in the league and they want to put up a lot of points. But, you know, over over the long run, I think um, the veteran guys are a little more responsible in, in their end. And, uh, you know, I think that's been paying off for them this year. Um, I would I would throw a dart at the under here. Um, I, I guess the reason being is is just, uh, you know, Philly, you know, you mentioned their their uh, their energy and their work ethic this year. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know if they have enough finishers. I, I, I take the under here. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. And I'm, you know, and I'm just capable of playing some unders this year and Philly's not a team I'm rushing to bet over at six and a half. I'll tell you that not with that team, not with that group. So Danny liking the under here, uh, and, uh, Alex, as he mentioned, like in the Anaheim. And then as far as props go, just a couple, I'm going back to the same two that I've been riding with all year, McTavish and Vetrano, Frank, the tank Vetrano, who's gotten off to a, a tremendous start, cooled off a little bit, uh, lately, but, uh, definitely that, that's a good nickname, Rich H. There we go. Uh, Danny darts. Uh, there we go. He mentioned it, throw a nice. dart out there. That's a good one, Rich. We have to trademark that. If you're on the show again with us down the road, Danny, darts. All right, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> We'll see if it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Danny liking the under. Uh, we're, we like Anaheim here, Alex, and I in this one. All right, this final game, uh, you're going to have to get creative to find some value in this game. San Jose and Vegas. Could San Jose win their third straight game? Could it happen? Uh, they are on a back-to-back here uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? A minus 550 home favorite in this game. So you got to lay five, you got to risk $550 to win a hundred bucks. If you're going to take Vegas here uh, on the uh, money line, Uh, doesn't seem worth it. uh, That's for sure. A six and a half, by the way, shaded to the under here uh, in this game. But look, what do you do with a game like this? Really? I don't want to get involved really in this game too much. I mean, I don't think Vegas has taken San Jose lightly because okay, the Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champions, have lost two in a row. You know, they lost to the uh, um, who did they they lost to uh, the other night? I'm just trying to think there. Uh, L.A. Yeah, they lost to L.A. and then they lost to Anaheim uh, on Sunday night. So they lost in Anaheim against the Ducks, the improved Ducks last Sunday night. Anaheim caught them in a good scheduling spot back to back. It was for Vegas and Anaheim was rested. But Anaheim still beat Vegas last Sunday night. And then Vegas got beat by the LA Kings Wednesday night uh, in the uh, TNT game. And a very impressive road win uh, it was for the LA Kings. So they're off two losses. You would think the superior team won't look past San Jose uh, in this spot. But, you know, how do you find value? I mean, minus 550 favorite. I mean, if you want to take Vegas on the puck line even, it's minus one and a half, minus 185 to lay a goal and a half with the Vegas Golden Knights in this game. So the only thing you can do if you like that side is you got to test the alternative puck line here and go with, uh, you know, minus two and a half at uh, minus 110. You don't get a plus price on Vegas puck line until minus three and a half at plus 225. So that tells you how big a favorite they are. 
But I don't want San Jose. I, look, I know they beat Edmonton and Philly for their first two wins. To me, this is still the worst team in the NHL. Now, they've played harder defensively, and I think Mike Greer, the GM going on the ice and you know having a meeting with the team a few days ago did spark that better defensive effort uh, away from the puck. And Mackenzie Blackwood, look, he played well in the two games too, Flyers and Oilers, but you may not see him tonight uh, in net because it's a back-to-back. In fact, you won't. It's going to be Kapo Kakinen, who's been Kapo Kaka this year for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Hasn't been playing well. Uh, 0-4, 4.3 goals against average, 876 save percentage uh, for Kakinen. Uh, He's definitely been the worst of the two goalies for San Jose compared to Blackwood. And then it's going to be Aiden Hill for uh, Vegas. So Vegas probably wins. They might win by margin, but there's not a lot of value. And, you know, after the last couple games fading San Jose and not it coming through like it did before, I might pump the brakes on doing so again. So right now it's a pass for me here, other than maybe some player props I'll look at. Uh, Vegas, what uh, what do you think here, Alex? San Jose, Vegas. There's the old Mike Singletary game. Can't bet it. Can't watch it. Can't do it. It's a clear pass. You don't have to bet every game, and, and this is uh, proof of it. Just, just let this one go. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, other than maybe the odd Vegas prop, because I do think they'll find the back of the net here against uh, Kockinen a few times, uh, that's all I would be interested in is maybe some uh, player props here for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And the ones I would look at here, again, are William Carrier is on the second line with Michael Amadio and Stone. Same with Amadio. Both of these guys are moving up to the second line. So they've got some value now with Mark Stone uh, up on that line. I think it's I think the top line is due for a big night. Like Eichel, Marcheseau, and Cloche, Barbashev, Ivan Barbashev. They, they are definitely due for a big night offensively. Uh, and this could be the night to, for it to happen against San Jose, who by far have their worst of the two goalies uh, in net, that being um, Kapo Kakinen. I want to mention, because I saw Cuban Wayne Gretzky in the uh, chat here, he always throws out his props, Marcheseau, Carlson, Stone. Same game parlay, goal parlay. So there you go. Marsha So Carlson and Stone for uh, Vegas. He pointed me toward Noah Hannafin goal prop tonight for Calgary. I agree with that. Toronto's given up goals to blue liners in recent games. Hannafin has scored in back-to-back games for Calgary, and he's been shooting the puck a lot. And you can get a great price with uh, Noah Hannafin. I agree with what Cuban Wayne Gretzky is saying there uh, as far as Noah Hannafin to find the back of the net. I'm just going to... Uh, take a look what the price is currently, but it is a big one uh, for Noah Hannafin plus 800 at Caesars eight hundred plus 800 for him to score a goal. He scored in back-to-back games. Toronto's given up goals to defensemen uh, lately. Not a bad look. Noah Hannafin plus 800. Uh, I agree with that one. Danny, what do you think here? Sharks, Golden Knights. Um, Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of mentioned it's a tough, tough one to bet on. Um, if I were throwing a dart, it would be a, it would be a light bet on San Jose. You know what I mean? Plus four hundred. Yeah, why not dabble a little bit? I, I don't hate it. I honestly don't hate. It. Even with I don't like cocking it at all, but I don't hate it. They've got some confidence. They're playing without money. No, I'm, no pun intended, because they're playing in Vegas. I see me saying that, but uh, you know, San Jose plus four hundred. You know, they've won two in a row. There's no pressure on them. Um, and look, they got a little mojo, a little in their step now at the very least right hey, they're, they're probably going out after the game tonight you know back to back right you know they're in vegas the boys are going to shake it up after the, after this game so who knows yeah there you go and look the whole world was against san jose last night that did not work out too well and you figure that there's a lot of people that are going to try to recoup tonight with vegas here in this game against san jose and we'll see how it goes but yeah it's just look i, I have my limit to san i, res, I respect that they've won two in a row 
And now it's just that they've, they've priced me out of betting against San Jose tonight. You know, just not at this price and at this number uh, am I interested uh, in doing that. Uh, great stuff uh, with uh, Danny DeKaiser. Uh, phenomenal job. And we appreciate him for, you know, going almost a full 90 minutes with us here uh, on his on the Ice Guys show for this Beantown Friday edition. Uh, Alex and I are going to finish up, do the promos and the bargain bin special of the night and the best bet. But we'll let Danny run uh, right now uh, in case he wants to uh, get going. But, uh, Danny, we appreciate it. Uh, it was fun having you on the uh, show. Uh, Double D, D squared. Uh, Danny DeKaiser with us here on the uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, anything you want to say before uh, we uh, let you go? Um, no, not really. Just, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'll uh, I'll be following you guys, you know, throughout the rest of the year here. So hopefully, uh, you know, picks today went well, and, and we'll see how they shake out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Uh, spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Ice Guys. We're the only show that's on seven days a week. Every single day we're on, yep. uh, breaking down every game from an NHL betting perspective. So, uh, no doubt, anyone that's interested, yeah, you let them know, and you'll get the best damn uh, analysis and insight uh, anywhere. Sides, totals, player props, as you as you just uh, heard, uh, Danny, we cover it all here uh, on yeah. uh, this show. Oh, by the way, before we let you go, we do have to get a best bet from you, uh, first yeah. ever. Uh, if you had to pick one tonight, what would it be? What uh, any any game or any game? Yeah, any game. Yeah. Let's go with uh, shit. Put me on the spot here. Um, you know, what? let's let's do the uh, let's go with Flames. Flames. All right, liking them as an underdog. Not buying the Toronto bounce back. Not buying that they're saying all the right things. We're going to play better defensively. Uh, let's see it right first. Yeah. yeah. All we'll right, Calgary plus one thirty. And I know you like that Flyers Ducks under uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. On the Flyers Ducks. Awesome. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. All right. <laughs> There you well, go. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it, Danny. Yeah, thanks for thanks joining so us. Much, and we'll get you on again uh, later this season. And it was you see, you're such a great guest, even a Blackhawks fan and a former Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> we can get along. You know, we can get along. That's for right. sure. Kumbaya. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Danny. Appreciate it, my All friend. Right, All Danny. the best to you with the training institute, the real estate gig, and everything else, and the family uh, back home. Uh, everything. Uh, we wish you well, and we'll get you back on yeah. later this season. All right. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thanks All right, you too. All right, there he is, Danny DeKaiser with us on this nice. Beantown Friday edition of the show. Great stuff. Um, all right, speaking of Beantown Friday, uh, that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, BostonHempInc.com, check it out. Uh, they are the sponsor of the Beantown Friday edition uh, of the show. Uh, get all your great products there. And uh, here's a little sample, courtesy of Alex, of what you can find. Check it out, bostonhempinc.com. Uh, uh, great stuff for all the uh, CBD needs, bostonhempinc.com. 
Bean-Town-Friday.com. Uh, Make sure you check that out. Proud sponsor of the Ice Guys Friday show and a Bean-Town Friday yeah. edition of the uh, show. Uh, and also make sure you're a subscriber of the family plan, $9.99 US yep. per month. Patreon page, patreon.com slash Ice Guys. A great first exclusive live members only betcast last night. We've got more of those coming. The next one we do, we're not going to tell you when. It's going to be a, a, an impromptu. Like we're just going to drop the link the YouTube link on our, in the community tab and on Patreon, just, well, we're on the air. It's a betcast right now. Come on, come one, come all that kind of thing. Uh, so we're going to do one of those, I think maybe later this month, and it'll be a shorter one. Like it was last night. It'll be like two, three hours. Uh, and we'll do another one of those later this month as well. And that'll be in addition to, of course, the main one that we have every month. And that's Tuesday, November 28th, which is a great night. Uh, our main betcast for the month of November We've got playoff rematches, Leafs-Panthers. I don't know how good Oilers-Golden Knights is going to be. It was really good entering the season. Maybe not so much now, but that's on November 28th as well. So we've got all that coming up. Uh, Of course, we've got live wagers from Alex, our daily betting card, and player props posted uh, on the community tab for family plan members and on the Patreon page. So make sure you check that out. Yeah, also, like I said, mentioned with the Patreon page, I will have my uh, goalie charts and player rankings. I'll have those up by the weekend. And it's it's interesting because there's a lot of shaking going on. And I know this is around that time, November, we start talking about the teams that are kind of balancing in the position. So there's a lot of movement with this uh, set of power rankings I have that will be coming up this weekend. I know, Ian, you'll have yours up as well. So definitely want to check out the Patreon page, pa- patreon.com slash guys, $10 a month. And like I said, that's a compliment with the i with the uh the family plan package so those two things work together so you get all the information from both uh you won't miss a single thing if you signed up to both of those pages and landon a 20 dollars donation we appreciate it he's Thank one you. of our greats uh dallas stars fan deep in the heart of texas there ice guys familia hit the like button he's right about that as well uh, hit the like button we appreciate it uh very much uh and this the, the support's just been amazing here for the uh, show uh, so far of uh, this season. All right. You know, it's been amazing too. The bargain bin special of the night and we hit another one and it was Alex that got us to the uh, win column last night with the bargain bin special of the night. Corey, who turned into Scory Perry against his old team uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks against his former team, the Tampa Bay Lightning plus 470 uh, to score a goal last night. Uh, he gets the uh, job done. Alex, are you involved bargain bin wise tonight? I am. It's not as juicy for price. It's just barely hitting the surface of the criteria, but you got to shop around for it. But you can get plus 300 with Adam Henrique, the Anaheim Ducks, to get a uh, gold tonight. He's moving up to that top power play line. And he's a guy, like I said, you know, he's just, he's one of the key pieces of why Anaheim's playing as well as they are. He's that kind of gritty two-way guy, finds himself in front of the net, finds the puck on his stick, and, and gets timely goals. I think that can happen tonight here in this game against Philly at home. So we'll go Adam Henrique plus 300. Shop around about two or three books. We can find 300 or higher. Uh, grab him to get a goal tonight. All right. And even though he's um, been struggling this year, and even though it's been a disappointment, if there's ever going to be a wake-up call for my bargain bin special of the night player tonight, it's tonight. It's Jonathan Huberto uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. And even though Toronto uh, is going to be obviously uh, trying to bear down defensively after what we've seen, just, they've got to still show me they can fucking do it, right? That's 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 <laughs> yeah. at this end of the night. I can't get past that. You could talk and I could talk until I'm blue in the face that I can play football at a high level, but I'm never going to be able to do it. So you know that's the thing. Toronto can talk all they want about you know being able to play good defense. Doesn't mean they're going to be able to do it. So even though they're going to try to dig down defensively tonight, 
this is just a great spot. There's a prideful player. This was a guy that was a bona fide superstar in his last few years with Florida there. That's how well he had a hundred point season. You know, if he's ever, if he's ever going to show up and have a big night and get a fucking slap in the face and a wake up call, it's being benched for the third period against Nashville uh, the other night. Jonathan Huberto, and this also barely meets the criteria. There's plus 310 at DraftKings, but there's plus 340 uh, at Caesars uh, for Jonathan Huberto uh, to score a goal tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames coming off that benching uh, in the third period the other night. So a great price, plus 340, Jonathan Huberto, Calgary Flames uh, for my bargain bin a special uh, of the night. All right, it is time for uh, Best Bets here. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for Best bet? Yeah, let's go out to Western New York, wing country. We'll go with Wild and Sabres on the draw. Uh, I said four of the last six meetings have gone past overtime in this spot, so we're definitely taking a, a fair look with them. I think it's going to be a close game, so we're going to go Minnesota-Buffalo draw. Uh, that is my best bet for Friday. All right, there it is, Minnesota-Buffalo draw. Uh, the uh, Wild and the Sabres. And again, best price that I see with that is, of course, FanDuel. Uh, that usually has the best price, plus 370 uh, for Minnesota Buffalo draw. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Friday card, uh, I'm going to roll with uh, the late game here. And there is a plus 100 out there with it. Uh, we're going to go with the quack, 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 the Anaheim Ducks here, plus 100 against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm just simple as I think wrong team is favored. You know, that Philly is a road favorite against this Anaheim team, who to me is the better of these two teams right now. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take our chances with the Ducks in a bounce-back spot here tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. So Anaheim plus 100 against Philadelphia uh, for my best bet here for this Friday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A huge Saturday uh, card once again tomorrow in the NHL, 12 games uh, on tap. And we will be here at noon Eastern. Uh, 11 a.m. Central tomorrow uh, for the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, and our guest, Danny DeKaiser, uh, I am Ian Cameron. This has been another Beantown Friday edition of the show presented by Boston Hemp, Inc. Enjoy the games and good luck tonight. And we'll see you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 